You're listening to England Main Menu from Railway Empire. Released January 30th, 2018. Composed by Dag Vunderlich. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the host of The Movie Bar, every month with the Dyad. Welcome back, even though you've been here three weeks in a row, Bedroff. Three weeks in a row, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It feels weird because it's actually been two weeks since we last recorded, but I've been on the podcast three weeks in a row. Yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing. Funny thing, audio recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you chose to listen to us on it. Drops a quick rating interview. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku who just finished Octopath Traveler 2 and uh, Valiant Hearts in the same day. So, uh, good job. I don't know where that guy's time comes from. It's crazy. I, I think he must play while he's driving. I think his truck auto-drives and he just sits there and plays. That's pretty much my guess. <laughs> Man, that is the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. 
You need to get a CDL license. Right. (laughs) Bedroth, we have one comment to shout out from Spotify over the last time since we've recorded. We had a new one come in. So it is Gustavo once again, who I am. Hello again, Gustavo. Yeah, familiar with with seeing and I appreciate each time. This was left on the Gardens and Flowers episode. He said, an amazing episode. I loved it. I like it more when you guys diverge a lot in your thoughts. It's so funny. I was hoping to hear Florama Town from Pokemon Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. I totally recommend it. Ah, cool. Yeah, I'm sure that Yukapau would have mentioned that if I had asked her for some flower track picks. You know, there are some people out there, though, that that don't like when we diverge, I'm sure. But I'm glad that, uh, Gustavo, you do, because I personally, that's my favorite type of content, so... Yeah, it really, it adds, adds something, I think. I don't, hey, Bedroth, you know this about me. I don't script shit, right? Like, I don't literally write anything out. Everything is always off the cuff. So, yep. I just prefer it that way. I think when, and there are some shows that I've listened to that are, that you can tell are just so scripted, right? And I don't like listening to that because it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like a conversation. Yeah, well, you've got some, you've got pretty good instincts. And like with me, I have learned that... You make it work on this show. Somehow it, it's it, like the weird chaos magic cat works and, and, you know, good things happen. But when I'm on my own or when I am like the stronger of the two hosts, it's I mean, to be sometimes fair, happens that I ramble. Fair, and, I think yeah. you still might be the stronger in terms of knowledge of the two hosts on this show. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, but my, my 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 rambling point, which proved itself, is that when I don't have at least some kind of script, I tend to ramble. Definitely, if I'm do- doing something on my own, I have to have like a framework, but I can't type it out word for word. And if I yeah. do, I'm always going off script. Yeah, and I would never want you to script anything that you said on this show either. I would actually delete it and make you redo it if you did. So uh. wait, <laughs> wait, that, that that's not what your part in the script just said. I'm, I'm confused now. Uh, but- <laughs> wait, did I not send you the new? Copy? Uh, oh man uh, we're, we're gonna have okay cut rewind <laughs> rewind oh, man, man that is that is technology from a bygone era right there right <laughs> and uh and speaking of which right this is okay so first of all thanks again gustavo but the topic yes. today bedroth actually comes from your old spreadsheet my old spreadsheet that had like a hundred different pages with podcast ideas and I only ever got around to like a dozen of them. <laughs> but but man, we're using them now and it's a lot of fun, let me tell you. I'm glad because I had my own ideas, obviously, but mixing in with uh, yours, it's brought a lot more fun to the show for me. So, Yeah, and again, I think we have diverged at least a little bit. Uh, you leaned into a particular aesthetic which I, I kind of did, um, but at, at several of my tracks just have, you know, the keyword from our, our episode title in the title, which what is what is the actual official episode title going to be, Brian? Um, Steam and Steampunk, I think. OK, yeah, that's let's go what with I that. thought. Steam that's and Steampunk. And that's kind of what we got because we got some steam. We got some steampunk and we got we got just a bunch of really great music coming your way, starting out with those rad bagpipes that you let right. in with. Yeah, we talked or we didn't talk yet, but we will just now. We listened to England Main Menu from Railway Empire, again, composed by Dag Vinderlick. I don't know anything about Railway Empire, really, outside of what I briefly looked up and could find. It seems like, you know, a 
I, I don't want to say it's a, a building game, but kind of a you're sim. able to just, yeah, like drive trains around different tracks in different cities okay. and locations and gotcha. stuff like that. I don't think you're actually laying the track from what I could tell, but um, that's actually a really extensive soundtrack that I was kind of surprised by. It's not easy to find, um, especially on YouTube, but if you go to KH Insider, it's all there. Um, the, Man, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. That's my bread and butter. When I find a soundtrack that it's barely on YouTube, if at all, but that I go to KH insider and the whole thing is just fire yeah it's like it's and finding, I would, okay it's like finding i wouldn't treasure, say this is fire treasure. i'm not gonna say this soundtrack is fire because it's not okay but it's enjoyable and there are some really good tracks in the actual soundtrack i was telling you outside of this one which i really liked the australia main theme is very solid as well um very cool and there's a couple other tracks too it seems like this game like i said it came out in 28 or i'm sorry 20 yeah 2018 but it had some DLC released throughout. This particular track came from the Great Britain and Ireland DLC. Um, okay. I do like that this track is the England main menu, but it relies heavily on the bagpipes, which is a, a Scottish thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But this track is dope, dude. And the train that you are driving in this game, or trains, there are probably multiple, but I'm, damn it, it's the main one on the cover, so that's why it's the train. <laughs> It's a steam-powered yeah. train. There you go. There you go. Well, cool, man. Um, I think we're going to get into the the whole steampunk aesthetic and idea later on. So for the, now... The rest of my games outside of one are all steampunk related after this. Cool. Well, we'll talk about what that what that term means to you and what it means to me. And we, we may do a little, a little Googling uh, to see if there's something definitive going on out there. But for now, why don't we jump into my first block which is it's all steam i guess you, you could call this steampunk the aesthetic here but um it's a very different flavor of steampunk than what i've always seen um and i guess we could talk about that a little more too steampunk can come in different there's like kind of sub genres of steampunk too but uh my first block is all about a particular series that first came to mind when we brought up the idea of steam and that's the Steam World series. Uh, shout out to Steam World Build, which recently dropped. Is the full game out now? Um, I don't know if the full game Steam World Build because it was released in early access, wasn't it? It was. Well, there was a, a demo released. No, it's still just the demo. It's not out. Okay. Okay. Well, shout out to Steam World Build and this whole. Uh, who's the developer again on this one? Thunderful These guys. Development. Yeah, I've heard such good things about them. Like everybody I've ever heard has interacted with them or followed them. Uh, they seem like like a really cool bunch. Anyway. Yeah, the Steam World games, which I will talk about when I come back. But I have four Steam World games on my list today, three in this block and one closing us out. We're going to start things out with Vectron from Steam World Dig. This game was released August 8th, 2013, and it was composed by H.M. Hammerin. Thank you. 
Next up, we're going to listen to No Roses for the Wicked from SteamWorld Dig 2, released September 21st, 2017, composed by Pell Condlerby.
Rounding out my first block, we're going to listen to Alicidian Fields from SteamWorld Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh, released April 25th, 2019, composed by Pell Condlerby and Oscar Rydelius. coming back from my first block that was that was a very different flavor i think that people are probably used to getting from me but man <laughs> <laughs> i dude i love these games so much See, um, i've never played these games well okay it's it's disingenuous of me to say i love these games because i've only played a little bit of steam world heist i haven't yet gotten into steam world quest because I don't know what it is about card-based video games, but I have a hard time getting into them. Even even Shovel Knight King of Cards, I never finished just because I'm not really that into the card game aspect of it. And so I, I feel like I should 
I should try out SteamWorld Quest. I do own it because th these guys have never let me down. But SteamWorld Dig and SteamWorld Dig 2 especially were just, just fantastic games. I really enjoyed SteamWorld Dig. It's a short little game. Anybody who's interested in in trying out this series, SteamWorld get, Dig, if you go slow and look for every single thing, may take you five hours. It's not a long game. Okay. SteamWorld Dig 2 is much longer, much beefier, and, and much better. It's almost like SteamWorld Dig was the like beta version or the 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 the, the testing ground the for what they really yeah. wanted to do. It was the prototype. SteamWorld Dig Two is one of my top ten games ever that I've ever played. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very very good, and I love the main character. But the music though is very, really atmospheric, uh, just like you heard in these first two tracks. But first, let's talk about Vectron. Um, okay. Yeah, this one, I think, way more atmospheric than the second mm -hmm. one. Yeah, this is really, I was telling Brian, it, it's, <laughs> and listening to it again, it's kind of funny. It, I was comparing it to writing down a lazy river. It's like, and what I mean is, this track is not relaxing, really. It's actually pretty unsettling. Yeah. Which is fitting, because it's the final area of the game. It's, it's, it's equivalent to the final dungeon music. But okay, that makes more sense. When you're when you're going down a lazy river, it's not about the ups and downs, the thrills, the action. It's about just sinking back and kind of falling into the zen of just kind of being, letting the water take you. You have to do that with a track like this. You're not going to be surprised. You're not going to have a lot of ups and downs as you listen. But if you just kind of sink in and let it go it, it's a really great track for just kind of zoning out to yeah in, in a good way <laughs> in well, a it's good always way. a good way for me but yeah vectron is like i said the final area of the game you actually revisit this area in steam world dig 2 at one point i'm gonna try to stay away from spoilers because even though these are older games i don't think a whole lot of people have played them and the story is really worth ex experiencing as you go through but in steam world dig 2 this area is like ruins um by the time you by the time you get to it but here it's like as you go through these games you're gradually in true metroidvania style you're exploring and then you're going and getting more equipment and then you're coming back and exploring and re-exploring other places that you can get to now and then you finally get to this area and there's no going back like you've passed a point of no return but you are as powerful as you can be in the game and you just kind of get to finally let loose and do a bunch of cool stuff and it's just this music perfectly sets the tone for like, you know, something big is coming at the end of this area. And it's just cool. Just yeah. good stuff. I mean, like, like I said, it's very, very ambient. Um, never played this game, so I have no connection to to where it is or anything like that. So I'm glad you kind of expanded on that, because knowing this is the final area and equivalent to like the final dungeon, you, you can tell. I get that now. Like, I can tell that's what this is at this point. Um, and I think it does do a good job painting that picture of danger. So, yeah, this is a cool track, man. And I think that's probably why we commented while we were listening. It leads really well into No Roses for the Wicked, my track from SteamWorld Dig 2. Because this is like you're in the danger zone now. Like this, yeah, this is, is like your your mute, um, like your boss battle music almost after you've gone through that dungeon. <laughs> because of the nature of the music, it's hard for me to place it. And Steamroll Dig Two has a much bigger soundtrack. This is later in the game, uh, later in the game soundtrack. So I think this is either a final boss battle or it could be like a dialogue with the final boss uh, oh. before you actually fight. Okay, because um, that does happen. Um, and again, without spoiling too much, the main character of the first game is a steam bot called Rusty. And he's just like this, this cowboy robot, um, sort of an Indiana Jones feel to him. 
and he's exploring this old mine that used to belong to his uncles because there have been some weird happenings around around where it is. And in SteamWorld Dig 2, you play a character who sells rusty items in the first game. Uh, her name is Dorothy. And it's set sometime after the first game, and your goal in the game is to find Rusty. Like, that's your whole purpose, is you're searching for Rusty because of, of things that happened in the first game. And it's just, it's really cool. The The characters are, are really neat. And Dorothy is just a, a joy to control. And um, <laughs> as she unlocks more abilities, you can go more places. Everything is super tight, super well done. And um, the music in this game is a little bit more dynamic. But even as you can hear in this one, it doesn't go a whole lot of different places, uh, except for instrumentally. As you yes. go through the track, the instruments do change. And you commented yeah. on some of that while we were listening. Dude, when the synth kicked in, I was loving it, man. I told you I was Steam World digging this track. And, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I yep, had to yep. make the joke twice. It was good. I don't know. It was a good joke. It was. It was too good. That's too good. You get. You can't sit on stuff like that. Yeah, too good because the steam real dig too. You did it too. Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. Uh, this is also my second longest track of uh, of my blocks. Um, longest track of this block. And That's right, I have the longest later. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it but does have a, not by much. It does have a build to it, um, and just man this it makes me want to go back and play the games again it's just this just one looks Dorothy. more up my alley than the first one um I, I really dig the the art aesthetic of of steamroll dig 2 not that i hate the one for steamroll dig but this one just appeals to me more oh yeah and, this yeah, and track it's a natural evolution it is yeah yeah and it's it's a natural evolution as well um again the first steamroll dig you, you can get into it it's cheap and it's a proof of concept that's the term i was looking for earlier it's like a proof of concept for what they really went for in steamroll dig 2 um if you don't finish steamroll dig and you jump into steamroll dig 2 it's not it's not really going to matter you'll you'll know what happens fairly early on um and like I said, if, 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 if you like exploration platformers, Metroidvanias, whatever you want to call them, SteamWorld Dig 2 is worth your time, especially considering it's 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 got to be pretty cheap nowadays. So, oh, yeah. And it's regularly on sale. So, yep. Yep. But yeah, great choice that's, of track. That's going to bring us into the game. I said I, I haven't played yet, but but we'll, we'll maybe 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 sometime this year. Um we're going to listen. We're listening to uh, again to Alice City and Fields from Steam World Quest, which I love the na name of this game. Steam World Quest Hand of Gilgamesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, as, as Prof Jeff could go on and on about this if he were on the show. But Gilgamesh is um, a he's a hero king in I, some kind of Mesopotamian mythology. I, I can't place exactly where it is. I'm not going to try. Um but so and, and I mean Gilgamesh is alluded to in a lot of games and pop culture. He's kind of a um, you know, he's 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 one one of the hero kings of, of lore who doesn't get as much love as folks like Hercules and King Arthur. Yeah. But um but man, let's just talk about the music because this track is gorgeous. This is very, very beautiful, dude. I, I'm listening to it again, as you know we do when we talk about it, and it's just, it's divine, man. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I also love it, something with the sound production here makes you the instrument sound. What, what's that? Wedding music. Oh yeah, I could definitely hear that. Um, I, I like I said I have no basis for where this takes place in the game of course it sounds like it's got to be like some kind of relaxing like night scene or something like that um, 
It's definitely not battle music. Uh, could be town music, maybe, but it's I really get a theme. nighttime feel. That's the main theme. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. It even says that in the title, Steam World Quest main theme. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, uh, but I was saying it, it makes the instruments, there's there's a sound, uh, there's a, a sort of nature to the instruments that that, that makes you realize that, that, I don't know, it lends itself to being played by robots. Like, it feels like it's not quite organic. It's a little right. artificial. Um, it could be the reverb, something like that. I'm not great with that kind of thing, but it's, um, it's very subtle. And I don't know if I didn't know the game was about robots. I don't know if I would know it, but... What I really like is the cover art for the soundtrack shows the characters playing instruments. The guitar of the character in the back is a very steampunk guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, I love this. I, and the characters look so quintessentially like JRPG. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, again, really just really makes me these guys man, th the design that they come up with for their games, the visual design is just really, really cool. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> and that's my SteamWorld block. All right. Well, shall we get to my first block then? I think we shall. I talked a lot about SteamWorld, so let's save the Steampunk conversation for after this block, I think. Yeah, I <laughs> know. This is going to be good because we've we've now had a block from you, and then we'll get a block from me, and then we'll talk about what Steampunk means to both of us. And then we'll get another block from each of us. So I think that makes sense. There you and go. I think there you'll you like this opening block here. Um... I paired because I had thought that El City and Fields track was the one that it was. I had definitely heard that before. And I thought my track that I'm kicking this block off with would be a nice follow up to that because to me, they have a very similar feel. And when we put this idea on the calendar, Steam and Steampunk, this was the first game I thought of. So we are kicking this first block off by taking a listen to Last Man Standing from The Order 1886, released February 20th, 2015, composed by Jason Graves.
Next up, let's go ahead and take a listen to Armada Battle from Skies of Arcadia, released November 13th, 2000, composed by Yutaka Minobi. Last up in this block, let's go ahead and take a listen to Arx Vaporum from Vaporum, released September 28th, 2017, composed by Carl Antonin.
Coming back in, we are talking about Last Man Standing from the Order 1886, again composed by Jason Graves. I, uh... I really want to like this game, man, um, <laughs> because I freaking love the soundtrack. And I, I and I was telling you, like anything by Jason Graves is generally going to be great. Um, well, the visual design and the sound design just look really appealing to me. It, it That's why I really want to like this game. <laughs> um, it, it's such a cool premise, such a cool idea, but it was very short and it, it wasn't very much of a game. Um a beautiful game nonetheless like it's it's a great looking game ready at dawn like their 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 graphics department did a fantastic job with this game for the ps4 um stellar and the the game ended on a cliffhanger if there ever is an order 1887 but i just don't think there will be um it is set in obviously 1886 and it's an alternate like universe alternate history very heavily steampunk london and yeah, I mean that's that's a that's like a classic trope of steampunk as well. Yeah, which when we get to it after we talk about these three tracks, that's that's one of the things that that steampunk is for me. Um, but you're following these characters, the Knights of the Round Table. Um, speaking of Arthur earlier, you mentioned him, but uh, they are going out and fighting off like mystical creatures, like vampires and werewolves and things like that, as well as as other people. Um, uh. But it is a very, very steampunk heavy game. Like the technology, the heavy usage of gears and, you know, clockwork and crafting and that kind of stuff. Um, a big heavy focus on industrialization and that Victorian architecture. Um, very cool game, yeah. man. I really want to like it. And I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. And like I said, I love the soundtrack. I think the entire soundtrack is fantastic. Um, I don't hate this game, but I do not I do not think fondly of it. I would probably have rated it like a six or a six and a half if I was scoring it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, man, this track is, it's my, it's my favorite track so far, dude. Just, yeah, you fell in and, love and, you know, kind of similar to, to my first track, uh, Vectron. It's not, it doesn't go a whole lot of places, but man, within the area that it sets itself, it just, I don't know this, the use of, it's weird to say this, the use of silence and open space in this track is really a testament to restraint in musical composition. Jason Graves here has two, maybe three string instruments and then um, a male like, like chant chorus. And with that little bit of material, he just makes this super haunting, super engaging. Oh yeah, it's like, chilling. It's uh, chilling. It's it's it's, it's almost like it's like a dirge almost. It's just it's so it's like the it's like the darkest and most luscious of dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Super good, man. Super, super good super stuff. Super good. And then we move into the middle track there, Armada Battle from Skies of Arcadia, again composed by Yutaka Minobi. His first composition, not his first credit on a video game, but his first mm -hmm. composition credit. He, he did work on Sonic Adventure previously before Skies okay. of Arcadia doing the sound effects for that game, as well as the keyboards, uh, but he didn't actually compose anything. He did play the keyboards for that game, though. Um, but two years later, after Sonic Adventure came out in 98, 
Skies of Arcadia would drop on the Dreamcast. And yeah, this was his first actual game that he composed for alongside uh, Tatsuyuki Maeda. Um, but thankfully, VGFDB did break down who composed what. So that was nice. Also, our first Japanese composer on the episode. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Skies of Arcadia is a obviously JRPG from Sega that will never see a sequel to, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but it yeah. did get a really great port on the GameCube, which is where I played this. I did not play it originally on the Dreamcast. I did play the GameCube version when it came out in early 2003. Um, it's very heavily, very heavily influenced and feels like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Like it basically was... A, a top-line Square Enix JRPG for that time, just done by Sega. Um, which is crazy, honestly, to think about. But, you know, it worked. And everyone, fans, not even non-fans, because the series is really cool, have been eagerly waiting to see if there would be a sequel. But it's been 23 years. I, I just don't think that's ever going to happen at this point. I um, think there was a sequel planned at one point, but it may have been shelved or something. I don't know. But Skies of Arcadia is, you know, heavily, again, influenced by the the steampunk aesthetic, uh, yeah. at least the traditional steampunk aesthetic of uh, Sky Pirates, sort of, right? Um, gotcha. Sky yeah. Pirates, but... I mean, they, yeah. in the game, blimps, they are, yes. I'm saying, like... Blimps are a heavy feature. <laughs> yes, in, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I wasn't saying all steampunk, like, people are, are sky pirates. No, but right, that is, but that yeah. is a, a very steampunk-like thing as well. Um, and, and airships just in general is very steampunk, mm -hmm. especially big floating metal airships, right? Like, Right, yeah. And, like, I guess this would be a good time to get into... What, what when when you think steampunk um what what are some things that come to mind so generally it's the aesthetic of like the victorian era london with gears and clock basically what i said earlier gears clocks um like heavy industrialization steam obviously being involved mm -hmm. in the power instead of electricity for everything right so everything is powered off of steam uh goggles leather clothing of sorts um yeah and if not if not victorian era london then the wild west of the u.s that's like the other big aesthetic of steampunk i was gonna say yeah um so steampunk it it that, that's what it is to me as well i feel like the, the victorian i feel like the victorian london setting kind of uh, I, I, it's I, the more I, popular one i think I, w I was going to say, I feel like it originated the concept. I don't know That's that for certain because I didn't look into it. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I struggle to think of what would be the first like mainstream example of steampunk. Because, I mean, you can go all the way back to Jules Verne um, with, like, Around the World in 80 Days and yeah, things like which that. which is very steampunk, yeah. Um, and I feel like that was a big inspiration, is the work of Jules Verne. But it's there's an element uh, to modern steampunk of, like, looking back. It's like a mix of nostalgia and of imagination. Because steampunk, it's it's not really a sci-fi spinoff because sci-fi, at least original sci-fi, like the Isaac Asimov version, was about um, like 
using hard science as the basis for like going off into these flights of fancy whereas fantasy is based in like the fantastical that's the big difference between fantasy and sci-fi and steampunk kind of straddles the two of them but also with a historical flavor to it because it's always based i feel like at least in in the in the feel of it and in a lot of times in the setting in the past usually the 1800s and there have been several spinoffs, like you said. You, you mentioned Wild West steampunk. Uh, there's, you know, there, there is fantasy steampunk. Like I think specifically in Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, um, absolutely. There is there is sci-fi steampunk. I I feel like I would put uh, like sci-fi or post-apocalyptic steampunk, like Bioshock. Um, sure. And, I think Bioshock, yeah, Bioshock definitely would be steampunk, absolutely. But yeah, but yeah, there's also a lot of uh, emphasis on things like trains, steamships, airships, uh, blimps. Again, specifically, I associate with steampunk, um, hot air balloons. But uh, yeah, there's just it, it's one of those weird things. Kind of like there was a judge famously who said, uh, you know, he couldn't define pornography, but he knew it when he saw it. <laughs> it's kind of that's what steampunk is. Like I, I, I struggle to give you like a literal definition, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of how I feel on it too. So and we we kind of align there as well. So I think Ooh, that yeah. even even your like Steamroll Dig, even the first game has a very Wild West aesthetic, right? I mean, he's a cowboy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Cowboy Steambot. Yeah. Absolutely. And my last game in that block there is a steampunk dungeon crawler. Uh, we are talking about the main theme, Arcs Vaporum from Vaporum, composed by Carol Antonin. Um, yeah. This is not a game that I am super familiar with. I had heard of it before, but it has insanely high, like very positive reviews on Steam, 771 to be exact. Um, it's a grid-based dungeon crawler, and it, it looks first person, so like Etrian Odyssey-esque or early Persona-esque, um, but I don't really know anything about this one. But this is a really gorgeous track as well. It is. And I'm actually, I was just listening to it again. <laughs> it's, um, I, I like the way it builds and I like the, uh, sort of the divergent there. So there's a, the drums are very industrial to me, not like industrial, like nine inch nails, but they have that sort of mechanized feel, but then the orchestral, like the soaring of the first part. And then when it drops out and again, you've got the strings and the, the guitar, I, I think I, I equated this to Darren Korb, which you did Bastion. I think Bastion uh, yeah. kind of a steampunk flavor there for sure. Abs it, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think the guitar more than anything else um, with the backdrop and just sort of the creepy, you know, uh, ambience going on is what put me in mind of Darren Korb. Yeah. And more Hades than Bastion, but still. Yeah, I was definitely after you mentioned Darren Korb while we were listening to it. I, I you know, the, the guitar, at least in that section we were listening to when you mentioned it, did have a, a heavy feel of Hades. Um, though this came out in 2017, so Hades had a feel of this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if Darren Korb likes the soundtrack or if he's ever heard of it. Maybe. I bet Kyle's digging this. Yeah, no, Kyle's probably enjoying this one as he hears it. Uh, he's probably like running at the gym or something, listening to this, who knows? Lifting weights, bulking up, looking <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Well, there, there can, is... That way he can drop photos to us later. Th there is an element of, uh, of triumph to this that I think would, would go well in a workout. It's... It, it, it's it's not quite the same, but it also reminds me a little bit of the same feeling I get from Vince DiCola's music in Rocky Four, 
Um, okay. Yeah. Fair. Uh, fair point. But yeah. But, but man, just a um, really, really solid track. Really cool track. And Going into one this one, I, think... I said I thought you would enjoy this one, and you would, you did. Especially I did, after I, did. I knew you enjoyed that Order eighteen eighty six track, because mm-hmm. there were some similarities here too, right? There, there is a hint of a choir and vocals in this track as well. Well, not even more okay, than yeah, a hint. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. choir's there, so. Alrighty, yeah. Um, it's it's. I think it's a track that's is gonna be a repeat listing because they're they're. There's some really nice complexity to it. It's one that you want to kind of go back to and, and, and listen, listen over again. Yeah, I've listened to it quite a few times over the last few weeks since I, and what was nice is I've had my seven tracks picked over the last like three weeks and I was just waiting to see what you added to the playlist to make sure that there was no overlap and that I could just, you know, nice. run with the seven that I chose. And yeah, there was no overlap. So it worked out. I had four of my games picked because uh, I knew I was going to bring, well, five, actually. I knew I was going to bring the four Steam World games that have music out. And I was going to bring the first track in my next block, um, uh, something from that game, because, you know, I've just everything about them and it's in the names of the game so um <laughs> yeah the other two were kind of late arrivals and there's a there's an honorable mention i'm going to mention after my my next block that okay. almost made it but didn't quite well, i'm, I'm uh, excited because, to to get to this block actually man i am so excited for this block uh the first game um i just this is a fun little game i haven't spent a whole lot of time with it but i'll talk about it when we get back it definitely deserves more love the other two um i never played uh but I bumped the track I was going to bring for them because I just couldn't stand to cut either one of them. They're so good. <laughs> and I think you're going to like them a whole lot, especially yeah, the middle one. But, I can't wait to hear the middle yeah. one. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start out my second block with Steam Steel Strangers 2 from Codename Steam, released March 13th, 2015 and composed by Yoshito Sekigawa.
Next up, we're going to listen to Old Soldiers Die Hard from Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch, released September 7th, 2021, composed by Kaisheng Bo.
my final track of the episode is The Unwound Future from Professor Layton and The Unwound Future, released September 12, 2010, composed by Tomohito Nishiura. Coming back from my second block, we are first talking about Steam Steel Strangers 2 from Codename Steam. And man, you dug that chugging guitar on this track. Oh, dude, that chugging guitar is so sick. 
Oh, it's so sick. I wasn't expecting to hear that in the episode today. <laughs> yeah, man. This 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 soundtrack. So all, all three of these soundtracks uh, for for the last three games I, I brought are just solid front to back. Um, this this soundtrack is is really, really great. And this game is a real hidden gem of the 3DS library. I mean, people talked about it. It's a Nintendo first party property, maybe second party, but it's a Nintendo like published game. And yeah, it was developed by Intelligent, so the Fire Emblem. Crew. And so, yeah, and, and I mean, but it just didn't make that big of a splash. And Nintendo has up, up seemingly completely abandoned it. And it's really sad because um, the gameplay itself is fun. It's a, so it's a third-person turn-based strategy game. So it's like Fire Emblem, but like over-the-shoulder, like a third-person shooter. Yeah. Um, and... But the premise, though, is really, really sick. It's set in like steampunk Victorian era London. But there are there's like I haven't gotten too far into the game because I was telling you I it's only on 3DS and I have a janky ass 3DS that doesn't work very well <laughs> and it's small. And so one of these days I'm going to get an XL and I'm going to go back to it because I own it like I own the cartridge and um it, it's fun. I just, I can't, I can't play it, <laughs> but it, it's set in Victoria or London and there's like uh, aliens or some kind of world threat going on. And you play as this character from um, probably outside the States, a really obscure novel called the red badge of courage uh, by Stephen Crane. And um, the protagonist of that novel is Henry Fleming. And that is the character that you play in this game. And the characters in this game are a mix of folklore, literature, and history, like, from this era. So you've got, like, John Henry. You've got Abraham Lincoln. You've got Ulysses S. Grant. You've got Tiger Lily from Peter Pan. Which you've is got the another thing the that Wizard steampunk heavily does, right? Those, his those mm -hmm. historical figures, especially Lincoln. Lincoln's heavily involved in steampunk. Um, well, you know, that was around... A lot of these characters are from, like I said, around the same time, or maybe a little later, but around the same time as when steampunk is usually set in London. And uh, you, you're you on this task force, uh, codename Steam, you're on this task force to try to defend the world from this threat. And so it's really cool. And, and the voice acting is really solid. The story is fun. Um, I really wish more people knew and talked about this game. But the music is also just really great. I had forgotten about it until you brought this. I remember it, seeing it. And I remember there being a lot of buzz around the game. But I won't lie. I had forgotten this existed. Mm -hmm. And most people probably have. Uh, I... Uh, even though I know it, it's so forgotten that I don't even think about it when people say, what's one game that really should be ported to the Switch? This game should totally be ported to the Switch. It's it's, it's super solid. I don't even know that they would have to change anything. It's just, it's because the, the style has that sort of feel to it where or it has that quality to it where it doesn't really need to be like high res or HD or anything to be impressive because it's stylized. And gameplay is really solid. Everything's really good, especially the music. It's just really great stuff all around. I don't know what STEAM stands for. That's an acronym, codename S-T-E-A-M, and I don't remember what it stands for. <laughs> but, yeah. But it has a blimp, so there you go. There's a blimp right there on the cover, so automatically qualifies. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, uh, it is Strike Team Eliminating the Alien Menace. So there we go. That's what, that's what STEAM stands for. There you go. <laughs> I would have never gotten that. The, uh, the acronym on my next game is not as much of a mystery because it's right there in the title. I'm talking about Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch. And what did you think of this track, Brian? Well, 
Um, <laughs> I think this one is my favorite of the episode. Um, it's so good. And it likely <laughs> will remain my favorite of the episode once we are finished. Uh, this this took me places that I wasn't ready to go. So <laughs> I am I'm feeling good tonight, you know, as I usually am when we record these episodes. So I closed my eyes while I was listening to this one. And <laughs> so sometimes you will send me videos to watch when I'm high, right? Or when I'm inebriated. And mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of times those are recommended by Prof Jeff. Yeah, shout out to Jeff. <laughs> I don't think Jeff's a stoner, but damn, that's hilarious that he sends you those and it's like, hey, send this to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I do watch other videos like that on YouTube as well, like things that, that just hit different or are, are meant to be watched when you're in a different state of mind. And this music to me feels like it would, it could very easily be set to like a psychedelic trippy animation that tells a story (laughs) because this track itself tells a story. And I feel like each time the music, uh, Kaisheng Bo, he's a, a Chinese composer based out of Beijing. He he uses um, elements of EDM in this track, mm-hmm. where his transitions when he's moving from like one section to another, he has like that reverberating, like yeah, yeah, like a reverberating beat drop. Even though the beat's not dropping, right? But it feels like it's going to, and that's really, really cool. And those are when the those are the moments where I feel like the story transitions into like a different plot point. If this were set to an animation, um, just speaking the music in general, I know nothing about Fist. I think the rabbit on the character on the cover art is dope as hell. Um, <laughs> but the picking of the guitar—I don't know who's playing guitar on this track—but that is phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know either, dude. dude. That is incredible. Yeah, and it keeps coming back, like popping up. It'll drop out for a while, and then it keeps coming back. And it—it's the backbone of this whole this whole track. Yeah. And that that rabbit on the cover. <clears throat> By the way, the title of this track again is "Old Soldiers Die Hard." And the rabbit on the cover is named Rayton. And um, the synopsis I'm reading says that he is a former ace pilot who, (laughs) using a giant mechanical fist, which is prominent on the cover, uh, rises up against the robotic legion that has invaded Torch City in an effort to liberate it from its oppressors. So he is the old soldier in the title. And this is the main theme of the game. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. (laughs) So this is the main theme. Old Soldiers Die Hard. It's about Rayton. And the reason I brought this track is the reason this game was even on my radar is because Jeff loves this game and he, oh, he talk, he's talked to me about it before. Yeah, there you go. How about that? And it's funny because it's actually a little ironic that I brought it and I'll get to why in a second. But while we were uh, listening, I actually texted him and said, hey, do you have any words about to share about about Fist? And he said, loved it. I left a Steam review, <clears throat> which I will now read for everyone. Did you go find it? Um, <laughs> well, he, he sent it to me. He sent it to me. Oh, I thought you he says, found uh, it. It's not, not, not super long, but he says, this game is so good. It takes a lot to stand out from all the Metroidvanias everywhere all the time, but this one manages to do it in style. Combat, music, world building were all excellent. Seriously, I've had more fun beating people up in this game than in the last NetherRealm Studios game I bought. Can't wait for a sequel or DLC. Uh, the game is also pretty light on backtracking. Do what? Did it ever get that? I don't this, know if this it did. Came it only out, came out a couple of years ago, so uh, I don't true, know. Twenty twenty one, maybe okay. maybe it's too early. 
Uh, the game is also pretty light on backtracking, so you only need to backtrack a lot if you want 100% completion or if you need to find combat upgrades. But if you really want a challenge, you could just try powering through the game without upgrading combat. It's all up to you. Chinese voice actors really hit it out of the park, too. Though, I'm kind of disappointed that the final boss wasn't Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will... I will leave that last line and what it may or may not be referencing to the listener's imagination. <clears throat> um, but the ironic thing here is I asked him if he would consider this game to be steampunk. And he says no, because he doesn't think it's steam powered. Uh, you do have hydraulics in the fist, but it has a digital battery gauge. So it seems to be battery powered, not steam powered. But um, would he consider the aesthetic steampunk? Probably so. Uh, the ther- he said the term he thought of was furry punk. But you could also just say that it's punk punk in general uh, because it it used a future, like a future. (laughs) Nice wrestling, Jeff. Nice. Okay. Um, It uses a future gritty aesthetic, and that may be kind of the differentiating quality. Like Bioshock is also kind of futuristic because it's post-apocalyptic, but future and steampunk don't usually jive. It kind of becomes more techno-punk at that retro point. Retro-futuristic is a word that There you go, retro-futuristic. There yeah. you go, yeah. Uh, but he says there's lots of electrical wires. For him, it's not steamy enough to be considered steampunk, but I don't care because this track... Oh, yeah. rules. It doesn't matter. Even if <laughs> even if this had nothing to do with Steampunk at this point, it's staying in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. All right. So thank you, Jeff, for introducing me to this track. And I actually sent you another track from this soundtrack. It's like eight you minutes did, which long, was which is also excellent, though. Yeah. It's like the main reason I didn't bring it, even though we have brought those long tracks before. Killer saxophone. Um, yeah. The saxophone in that track. And I don't remember. Let's let's scroll up. What was the name of that one? Couldn't tell you. Uh, it is. Um, when the night falls upon yeah and it's a dangling preposition that has no object when the night falls upon um but there's some really cool titles in the soundtrack as well uh probably all translated from chinese um by somebody who's very competent uh but the whole soundtrack seriously it's like 30 something track so it's not super long it's not like octopath but true yeah but still 30 definitely 30 still a decent length yeah for for basically an indie an indie game um i don't know if they'd be considered indie in china but over here they they fit that mold for sure absolutely yeah um there is a switch version of this game uh it is on switch ps5 ps4 and um steam so um so yeah oh well that's funny we actually talked about it at one point you said you, you almost just as a joke brought all games that are on steam <laughs> yeah no but the idea yeah. crossed my mind uh <laughs> but we did just do that not that long ago so so I guess if you like Metroidvanias along with SteamWorld Dig 2, you should go check out Fist Forged and Shadow Torch. Um, yeah, it looks kind of cool. And definitely go check out the soundtrack. I will listen to more of it. I 100% will listen to all of it at this point. So, And that brings us into my last track, except for my closeout, which is uh, the title theme from Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. Yeah. And this was also a pleasant surprise, both when I found it and when I played it for you. I was not expecting where this track ended up going. Like, yeah. starts out very, very gorgeous, as a lot of these tracks have been on the episode today, right? With um, some sort of stringed instrument, whether it's a violin or cello or whatever, playing in the background. Um, moves into definitely a violin that kicks in after that. And mm-hmm. then we get like this dueling piano accordion section, which is so <laughs> sick. 
is so sick. Which a couple things I'm going to say to all that. Uh, if if someone were to ask me what's the difference between a violin and a fiddle, it's all in how you play it, and this oh, track has both. Oh. It's both. It's the same instrument, but it's it's all in how you play it. I don't know. This track, the the guy starts out playing, or a girl starts out playing violin, and then transitions to fiddle like halfway through. It's just in in the way it's played, and I mean fiddle is more of like a, a folk kind of thing anyway. It's it's um you know, um. <clears throat> we're splitting hairs there, but uh, you mentioned the dueling Funny, piano and accordion. because the rabbit in fist splitting hairs. <laughs> Man, I am I am accidentally brilliant tonight. Um, <laughs> first you with CM Punk and then me with splitting hairs. <laughs> um, but you mentioned the piano and accordion, which are staples in Professor Layton music. It is. And I've always thought the music in Professor Layton games was solid and serviceable, and it served the game really well, which is arguably, you know, the point of game music. Um, but I've never really heard anything that I would like just listen to for fun outside of the game. Um, this is definitely a departure from that. This is just a banger. Yeah, <laughs> this is really cool. And I think I would consider Professor Layton, the entire franchise, very heavily influenced by steampunk. Not every game is mm -hmm. going to be steampunk-esque, but a lot of it yeah. is. And a lot of elements of the entire franchise are. Unwound Future, I feel like the entire game is steampunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely the other Professor Layton games weren't listed on, on the lists that I found of steampunk games. Uh, this one was on all yeah, of them. I've played most of these games like they're enjoyable. I, I enjoy these. games. I like level five, though. Bring back Dark Cloud. Oh, yeah. I like level five a lot. Um, Fantasy Life. Shout out. Um, well, you're getting one. But, I'm not getting Dark Cloud three. At least you're getting Fantasy Life high. Right. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Fantasy Life. I mean, that, that's got a, that's got an airship in it, too. So I would it not does. call Fantasy Life steampunk in Definitely any way, shape or form. But it has a couple of elements in it that are yes. steampunk. Um, but I finished uh, Professor Layton in the Curious Village. I played through part of the Diabolical Box, and I never got into the Unwound Future. But at some point, I do like these games a yeah, lot. So they're fun. They're fun games. And then sometimes they make you think. Composer here is, uh, that, that sounds like the way I did that, it sounded like you probably cut the audio, but he, but he didn't. Uh, but uh, the composer here is Tomohito Nishiura, <laughs> who also composed the first two Layton games. And so I wanted to yes. give a shout out to them because this is this is really solid stuff. Uh, he is he primarily works on level five games mm -hmm. um, and just man, he knocked us out of the park. There are several really good tracks on this soundtrack. The whole thing isn't front to back as much of a banger, but uh, but this one is really uh, so this one and several others are really good. Yeah, I agree. You asked me while we were playing um why, uh, it, you know, uh, you, we just kind of wondered why the name was changed, because in Europe and Australia, this was called The Lost Future. Yes, um, it was. Also, interestingly, in Europe and Australia, uh, the diabolical box was called Pandora's Box, and The Last Spectre was called Spectre's Call. Um, There's got to be and, a reason. Uh, the, the main thing for most of them is uh, it's just, just different, different translations from the original Japanese. Uh, the original title of Diabolical Box was The Devil's Box, which, I don't know, the EU, maybe they just didn't want Devil on the cover. Um, and Pandora sure. is, you know, a big myth. So, but Diabolical, and Pandora's Box, of course, big reference. Everybody knows uh, knows that reference. Yeah, open but it up. Diabolical Box just sounds really cool. And it means the same thing. It's just, you know, um, uh, 
the title of this game was final. I just make or comments in the last. background while you talk. You never hear them until you listen back to the episode. You never <laughs> hear what episode. I say until you listen back to the show. And there's always there's always a bunch of shit for you to hear that you were that you didn't hear before. It's amazing to me, and like I know I said, that's man, the case. I just ramble, and sometimes you just have to step in when I take a breath and cut me off. No, it's it's just funny. I just I interject and overlay things in the audio for for you to hear back later because I know you didn't hear them then. But well, I, what did you trust say me, listeners? I, I do know. all that live. I don't even remember, dude. Oh man, I guess I'll have to wait till I go here. Go listen to it because I do. I go back and listen to every episode um, just because I know there's stuff I missed. But the the title of this game in Japan is like the final time. Oh, you were talking about Pandora's box, travel. and I said, yeah, I can't wait. Open it up. <laughs> there we go. That's it. There we go. Little did you know, I already did. That's where all the words come from. <laughs> but yeah, this is called Final Time Travel in Japan. Uh, time travel, one word. So either way, I think the lost future and the unwound future are both better than the final time travel. That's the yeah. most Japanese ass title. But yeah. it's, I mean, the unwound it's not future the final, is definitely. It's the final time travel. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't flow as well. Uh, That's not steampunk either. Doesn't flow as well. (laughs) No, but it's sick. (laughs) It is, dude. It is. There's a reason. There's a reason. It's 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 as famous as it is. But that was my second block of tracks, and we still have a block to go. We're uh, we do. Man, my rambling is is taking us longer in this. We're at the we're at ninety minute mark. Let's see if we can close this out before two hours. We'll still make it. (laughs) I didn't think we were going to make it in that uh, prehistoric planet episode, but damn it, we did. And I made sure of it. I did cut a few things out, but I made sure we stayed under two hours. I always, I think yeah. I always will at this point. Um, well, people can only take so much of my rambling per episode, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to get to this next block, though, because I have three major composers in this block. Nice. And I think you're really going to enjoy at least two of these. I think you'll actually enjoy all three of these. I am, I am stretching with my middle track. But I think based on the title, you can kind of get why I picked it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I like it. I mean, it's steam and steampunk. We could have picked something that had to do with steam that had nothing at all to do with the steampunk aesthetics. So exactly. It's um, just steam. It literally is. And and apparently, apparently fist in my last block didn't fit either of those. So, you know, that doesn't matter. There you go. It's a great track. It didn't matter. Um, But we're going to kick this block off with a track that I think this is just in the baseline like Minecraft game. So on um, in 2016, they released the battle update, which is like a mini game or something you can do in Minecraft. It's it's heavily, uh, I think they, they call it like a, a Hunger Games inspired gameplay type mm-hmm. mechanic inside of Minecraft. Um, so it was an okay. update that was released and this track comes from that update. But I'm just going to say it's from baseline Minecraft because this battle update is not its standalone game so um but this is a dope track that i really enjoyed i did not know about it i did stumble upon this while doing research for the episode so definitely wanted to include it let's take a listen to clockwork crafter steampunk from minecraft released on june 21st 2016 composed by gareth coker
Coming up next, we'll be taking a listen to Sauna from Persona 4. This released on December 9th, 2008, and it was composed by Shoji Megaro. Last up in this block, my last pick of the episode, Stage 2-2 from Steel Empire. This released on March 13th, 1992, and it was composed by Noriyuki Oadare.
Coming back in, we are talking about Clockwork Crafter Steampunk from Minecraft, again composed by Gareth Coker. What a cool little track this is, dude. Yeah, man. Very solid. Very, very technically impressive, as, as Gareth Coker always is, as we learned in the Sparks of Hope episode. Yeah, we were super impressed by him on that episode. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm as impressed I'm sure we'll here explore too. again someday yeah. when we do a composer showcase. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm impressed here yeah, too, man. I, so a big reason that I picked this track, um, I really like that persisting like ticking of the clock throughout this entire track. Like, again, to me, that is a heavy element of steampunk that I think of. And, and just to hear Clocks, that. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, in your face throughout this entire track. Probably uh, because, you know, really London cool. is such a big part of it in Big Ben. Ah, you know, that's yeah, that's got to be it. Do you think maybe we should ask Sev? Uh, he doesn't live in London. He's been to London, I'm sure. Maybe not, actually. I don't know. Anyone in London, uh, when you're walking around the city, do you just hear the clock, like, ticking? That'd be dope. I doubt you That do. would be. I imagine if you live there, it could get a little old. Or maybe you just tune it out. <laughs> I imagine you don't hear it at all. But I think it'd be cool yeah. if you did. <laughs> like, this track just persisting throughout your life. is just a clock ticking in the background of the entire yep. city. That'd be sick. That'd be dope. Very cool track though, dude. I, I I never played this version of Minecraft. I really only did like the you know the building stuff. I'm sure that Shoot has explored this at least somewhat. I know that Shoot likes all the music in Minecraft, no matter who composed it. So, um, I honestly I I think I knew that Gareth Coker had did some music in Minecraft, but I I don't know that I'd ever listened to it. Um, because I had never heard this track before. He's done others in Minecraft as well. Um, this is not his only one. I think he did several for this update just even so mm -hmm. yeah this one uh several of the expansion packs a couple of the mythology packs um he did he did work on those um my buddy lee tyrell from the sound test podcast interviewed gareth once and they talked about um they talked about his work on minecraft and especially on the mythology soundtracks um cooker I, I was reading into it i don't know why we didn't get into the sparks of hope but he does definitely come from a classical background he learned piano really young joined orchestra and jazz band in school studied at the royal academy of music um, in music composition but then he traveled and lived abroad in japan for three years uh, where he taught english <laughs> and studied different ethnic instruments so that's where he kind of got his flair for bringing different styles and instruments and sounds together which is just just really really cool when you see all that how yeah, that works super cool man and again this track is just a lot of fun um i, I definitely wanted to include it i like that he has steampunk right in the name of the title can't get any clearer than that definitely can't <laughs> definitely can't speaking of clear the opposite of clear is when you're in a sauna and it's yeah. just like filled with steam <laughs> yeah, as we move into our middle track there in that block, talking about Sauna from Persona 4, composed, of course, by Shoji Magero. This mm -hmm. is dungeon music in Persona 4. Um, the name of the track is Sauna. The name of the dungeon in the game is the Steamy Bathhouse. Um, well, and you know, um, more so than, than a lot of other stuff I've heard by Shoji Meguro, I would not be surprised if I were in a club, an underground club called The Dungeon, and this song came on. 
<laughs> it's got that, that fancy dubstep feel to it. It's it's really, really cool driving yeah. stuff. I like it a lot. Yeah, it really does. Um, this dungeon... Put me in mind of Hideki Naganuma. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that even. Yeah, you actually mentioned that. Um, this dungeon was based on the character Kanji, who is an amazing character in Persona 4, one of the main characters, right? But all the dungeons are based on the, the characters in your party as they get like sucked into that TV world or whatever. Um, the Midnight Channel, that's what it was called. Couldn't think of what it was called for a second, even though I've played this game multiple times. Um, I love this game, right? I played it on the PS2. I played it on the Vita. Multiple times on the Vita, actually, the golden version. Um, and, of course, I'm just a massive fan of this franchise in general. But this is totally different from everything else we've heard on the episode today. So I kind of like that it's here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, what is the closest we've heard to this? And I don't even know that we've heard something that is even close, to be maybe, fair. Maybe that, that SteamWorld Dig 2 track a little bit. but L- Yeah, not- That'd be like the absolute closest, but that's not even that close. Mm -hmm. Really not. So I'm glad this one's here because as you and I mentioned a lot on the episode, we we tend to bring a wide variety of genres and a nice spread. Uh, Glad this is here. You definitely brought, I would say our, our, the back half of the episode is a lot more diverse than the first half, but yeah. but yeah, man, this this is really good stuff. I, I was telling you that I've never played the Persona games, but I have, of course, heard a lot of their music. And Persona 4, front to back, is probably my favorite Persona soundtrack. I, I really love the music in this game. And uh, Face Yourself, which I believe is one of the battle themes, is it my is. favorite Persona track. Yeah, that's okay, a great yeah. one. Yeah. That's a great one. Uh, Persona 4 and Persona 5 and even Persona 3, like, they're all fantastic games. Um, the Persona, you know, Persona 3 is getting an actual, like, true remake. Um, I saw that leaked, like... Cool a little while ago um even gameplay footage of it so we will eventually get that uh, but i know they're working on persona 6 as well that's a given um persona 4 and 5 definitely two of my favorite games of all time i think at this point i i, I do just prefer persona 5 um because it, it, i think it's just a more solid gameplay experience um gotcha but even the soundtrack i, I honestly think persona 5 has a start to finish stronger soundtrack but um it's, it's definitely it's a good. different I think style. For me it comes it's down, a different style. It comes down to a matter of yeah, matter of yeah. taste. Yeah, it's a different style. So, yeah. And then we close that block out by taking a trip back to the Sega Genesis. The I'm Mega really glad Drive. We got something retro. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I want to do it have something retro, so uh no better way to go than with Noriyuki Iwadare and yeah, Steel man. Empire talking One about the stage two two. Indeed he is. Um I've not played Steel Empire. I think I will soon because literally a couple days ago, six days ago as a time of recording, it was announced last Thursday, April sixth. That strictly limited games in partnership with Mebius and Starfish, uh, they are going to be bringing Steel Empire Chronicles to the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 launching this spring, which is a collection that includes both Steel Empire and a game called Over Horizon, which I have never heard of uh, because it never released in the U.S. before. It only ever released in Japan say. and Germany. Um, gotcha. but it, Ooh, it is Japan a, and Germany. Interesting. Yeah. 
The very colorful looking game, though. Very, like, trippy art style. I think I will definitely enjoy this. It's a horizontal shmup. Um, and I think development of the project with Steel Empire co-director. Yeah, so it was the same, like, director of the game that did both of these games. So um, is this also a shmup? Steel Empire is, yes. Yes. A horizontal scrolling shooter. Um, that that makes sense. Uh, so maybe, maybe this isn't a boss track like I thought it was, although it could be, but... It definitely makes sense of its shooter music. That's yeah. just high energy, man. right? Very, very, very high energy, very, very strong. chaotic, very in your face. Um, More chaotic and high energy than I usually think of Noriyuki Widari. Most of what I associate him with is like like the Grandia sound. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And some of his work on Kid Icarus Uprising. Um, this is very different, but but very, very strong. And I just I freaking love him, dude. He's so good. He's so mm -hmm. good. Yeah. And the way he's like emulating that like electric guitar with all the shredding runs and everything yeah. on on the Genesis hardware is really cool. Yeah, super super cool. So well, my, um, my my honorable mention that I teased earlier was actually also a Genesis game. Oh, was it? Um, could have could have been a PS one game. Uh, it was going to be Steamboat Willie, um, and uh, we so the original Steamboat Willie. We, we when we did the Matt Furnace sound uh, composer showcase, we talked about how in the Disney games he did, he couldn't use like original Disney music because the game makers didn't have the license for it. So the Steamboat Willie track that he composed for the level of the same name in Mickey Mania on the Genesis, uh, which was as we discussed eventually ported to the SNES, was a different tune. And it was, it's really cool. It's really cool. But it was reused in a PS1 game that I don't think he worked on. And they added in another element to it. But it was Matt's track from the Genesis oh, nice. used in this Mickey game on the PS1. So I was going to bring one or the other of those. Um, shout out the version from Epic Mickey uh, uh, for the Steamboat Willie level is the original Steamboat Willie track, but just reorchestrated. Um, but... Again, had to bump it for those last two songs I played, um, but but it's a cool little track. Go check out Steamboat Willie uh, on Mickey Mania, uh, the Genesis version specifically. Uh, it was it was really cool stuff. And shout out to Matt Furness as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go check that out. Um, just like I'm excited, like I said, to check out Steel Empire. Uh, never had played it back on. Now we did get Steel Empire North America on the Genesis. Came mm -hmm. out in '92. We did never get Overdrive though, or Over <clears throat> Over Horizon, whatever that other game was called. Um, but I think I'm going to get that collection, and I think I will finally play through Steel Empire. It's something I've always been interested in. Um, it's described as it says here. I'm just looking at Wikipedia and reading. Uh, mostly low tech in nature, with it being set in the late 19th century of an alternate world as a lot of these steampunk inspired games are there you go the game's aircraft weaponry power-ups environments enemies and bosses are heavily stylized adding strong steampunk elements to the style theme and visuals of the game such as steam power propeller based aircraft biplanes Dear, dirigible? Whatever that word. Dear, dirigibles? D-I-R-I-Dirigibles. Oh, what is that? Dirigibles. That's what kind of blimp that is. Oh, I don't know. And heavily armored steam trains with giant cannons play large roles in the game's protagonists and opponents. So that's definitely steampunk. Yep, definitely so. How do you the, say that? I mean, just looking at the... Um, uh, dirigibles or dirigibles, uh, kind of like zeppelins. That's they're just a word. Uh, it's like a variety of blimp. Kind of like catapults and trebuchets. They're kind of just slightly different functions of the same thing. That's um, not a word. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just letters yeah. put together. Just like defenestrate. Just like, <laughs> that's not a that's word. Not a word. It's, it's, it's just def- letters put together. It's called defenestrate, dude. What are you talking about? That's not a word. Um, but yeah, just looking at the art for this game, you can tell it's it's got steampunk all over it. I will definitely listen through to this soundtrack. You I should. will probably it's not great. play the game because I suck at shooters. I or Frank, one of us, it actually could have been Frank. I don't remember, but either myself or Frank did bring a track from this game back in our Noriyuki Wadari episode, our composer appreciation, like several years ago as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Very solid block and a really solid episode. I enjoyed this, as I always do. This was a lot of fun. Me too, man. I thought this episode ended up being uh, ended up being super strong. And ha, you got a fun one that closes us out. I do, man. Yeah, we're, we're not done yet. I've got to mention the last SteamWorld game that has a released soundtrack that I have not brought yet, which is SteamWorld Heist. And this game does take place canonically later in the timeline after SteamWorld Dig 2 but it's not really a sequel it's more of a spin-off and it follows this um, set of like uh, robot space smugglers and it's a very different style um, as this studio is kind of want to do with SteamWorld games Um, you had the Metroidvanias and SteamWorld Dig and Dig 2 this one is it's almost more of a puzzle strategy game Uh, it's it's side view but you play as these, you know, like I said, these robot smugglers, and your goal is to shoot these uh, these guns, and your projectiles bounce off walls, and you have to place yourself so that you won't get hit by enemy fire, but that you, you know, can hit all of the enemies from where you are, and you get bonus points if you can knock their hats off. <laughs> and, um, so it, it's just a really cool little game. I haven't d- dug too deep into it, uh, but it's one I'm going to go back to. Um, I've heard people say that if you only play one SteamWorld game, play SteamWorld Dig 2. But if you play two of them, play SteamWorld Heist. It's apparently got a really cool story and the characters are just top notch. Nice. Um, that being said. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk about the music. And yeah, man, we dug uh, up some stuff about nothing, this. <laughs> nothing like it, what you just described as a game, right? Like when they listen to this track, it's not going to make any damn sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, except for the lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics. Sense. But, <laughs> but yeah, the track we're going to be talking about is Gats Bar, and I don't think I, I don't think I got far enough to even know what this setting. Assuming is, that's a but, setting within the game, right? Like a, like yeah, a bar. Of some yeah, sort. sure. And I'm yeah. sure Gat is the bartender. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Or the, the owner. proprietor of this fine establishment. But this has got to be like the robot band that's that's on stage in the bar. They're in the um, game, apparently, like the band performing this track and so, so that the, compose the entire yeah, soundtrack. The, the band the who did the music yeah, for this game is called uh, Steam Powered Giraffe, which I mean, there you go. It's right in the name. They mm-hmm. formed in 2008 in San Diego. SteamWorld Dig 2 released in 2015, and it was European, so I don't know how they found each other, but it, it's a match made in heaven. Like, when this game, when this band formed, they they have, like, dress-up robots in their lineup, and so one of them is actually uh, one of the founders of the band, David Michael Bennett. Uh, he plays The Spine, who is a futuristic diesel punk robot with a silver face. Uh, he's the straight man in a lot of the band's comedic skits on stage. So kind of like I would say maybe Flight of the Concords, they kind of they're like music, comedy, variety stuff is what they do. 
And that will make sense when you listen to this track. <laughs> and it's such a cool sound, dude. They like their it vocals is. are very, very nice. A vocal track, by the way. Yeah, it is. And um, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's obviously kind of tongue in cheek. They're really being overly earnest and leaning into this. But the style of the delivery is, it make, makes it funny at the same time. But still with that comedy very solid performances the vocals are just really cool in this track yeah absolutely and it's a great closer man an absolute great closer yep excited for folks to listen to it it's gonna be really good yeah hold on to your butts your your <laughs> steam-powered metal butts steam-powered butts hold on hold on oh we got oh. a new episode title yeah steam-powered butts there you go <laughs> or or a band name there you go or, the steam, or, steam-powered butts <laughs> oh, I'm tired. I think we need to wrap this up. <laughs> you have anything to plug before we get on out of here? I do not. As of time of recording, I, I have been sitting on the uh, um, editing the movie bar episode, but it, sh- it should still be out by the time I said it would in the last recording <laughs> because I'm going to try to wrap it up in the next couple of days. But we'll see. Definitely by the time you hear this episode, it will be out. Talking about Liar Liar on the movie bar. Yeah, because uh, this one will be out but, next Wednesday. Yep. Rainbow so Road Forever actually actually drops, uh, well, it is today. Actually, it's a day for you, too. Uh, it's a drops today. It is. <laughs> yeah. As we record, it drops today. One week ago, uh, hopefully, as you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, it, it will. I just I didn't edit it since we ended up recording tonight, but I'll edit it tomorrow after work. Right. Um, yeah. You, on the Rainbow Roads Forever episode, mentioned that the weekend prior to this episode recording, you would be going to see the Mario movie. And you did say you yes. would have some thoughts when you came back. So I didn't want you yeah, to think about that. That's right. And, and there, there, you know, there's been a little time now. It's been, you know, like two weeks since the game, since the movie released when this episode drops. So, um, very light spoilers here because we haven't seen it. I mean, I mean, it's the story is not super intensive. It's more like the the tension of how are they going to adapt this thing. Uh, for my money, they adapted it very well. Uh, the story is not overly consequential, which is kind of the same for all the Mario games. But there is a story. There is an origin. Uh, the characters have some development, especially Princess Peach, I would say. Um, on Taylor Joy did a great job, but the writers just did a really good job, I think, with the character of Peach. I think people, except for maybe the purists who want things to be exactly like she has been in some of the games, um, people who just like a good, a good movie, character though. and like Peach. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't want you know the damn soul Princess Peach in 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 this kind of movie. Um, and she's still very much a princess, but but she's kind of a badass princess. It's really cool. Um, nice. Chris Pratt does a very serviceable job as Mario. I think that what he does with the voice is subtle. It's uh, not subtle in like a, you know, a Daniel Day-Lewis kind of way, but it's subtle in that it's, he's just the vehicle. He's just the vehicle and he's just trying not to get in Mario's way. And he does a very good job with that. Um, the rest of the cast is outstanding. Jack um, Black. Incredible. Jack Black as Bowser is freaking incredible. There is a musical number. There is. Which you just have to experience. It's on YouTube now. So go I mean, li- you can go listen, listen to, to it. the media files from uh, <laughs> last Friday. That'll be the uh, music you hear as the show gets introed. Yeah, man, it's it's good. And yeah, de- definitely go check out the media files if you want more in depth. But I, I very much enjoyed it. Hard for me to pick a favorite part uh, because the whole movie was just a fun ride from front to back. And I, they're obviously going to make a ton more. And oh, I'm I, absolutely. For one, yeah, I can't and, wait. And likely I think additional Nintendo franchises included as well. 
Um, I really, really hope so. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they they wouldn't. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I will. I don't know uh, that I would go to see this in theaters because I would be going by myself. So yeah, probably it, not going to do that. Like a family event for us, uh, I, I don't think this is like a must see in theaters kind of movie. But I would definitely say for any Mario fan, it is a must see. Oh yeah, movie. I will definitely either buy this digitally when it comes out. Or hopefully stream it somewhere if it gets added to a service. But I, knowing Nintendo, it won't. Um, though it may, actually. It may. Who knows? Uh, it may. But I, I doubt we'll it. We'll see. I doubt it. So I likely <laughs> will just buy this when it comes out digitally on some platform. And then I will watch it and I will enjoy it. But until then, I'm not in a rush to go out and see it. So Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I hear you. But yeah, thanks for reminding me. That is all that I have got. I am done rambling for the episode. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, next week, Radio Hour. Make sure you guys are tuning in for that. But that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow this show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Bedroth, you have the closeout. Yes, I do. One more time. Closing out the show, we're going to take a listen to Gats Bar from SteamWorld Heist, released December 10th, 2015, composed and performed by Steam Powered Giraffe. Keep the music playing and keep it steam powered. I mean loud. <laughs>
Construct a new day from the 